All right. So how many of you have heard like this song, I have decided to follow Jesus or wherever He leads, I'll go. You heard those songs? Yep. And at what point in the service did you normally hear those songs? At the altar call. Exactly. The invitation, altar call. And um, what are those those songs telling us to do? Be disciples. Exactly. To be disciples. Because they're saying, you know, I've decided to follow Jesus. Wherever He leads, I'll go. And so, you know, but often what are they saying? That now is the opportune time, you know, if you're ready to come and follow Jesus, then you come and walk the aisle, uh, come to the altar, uh, make this decision that, that you're ready to, to follow Christ wherever He goes. And so basically they're saying that that is for what? Salvation. For salvation. Um, but that's totally contrary to what, what those songs are talking about. And so tonight we're going to understand the distinction or look at the distinction um, between salvation and discipleship and uh, what Jesus and Paul and John say about these two different things and, and they're distinctly different messages. So what is our goal of the study of discipleship is that we'll understand the distinction between salvation and discipleship. That we'll understand the distinction between salvation and discipleship. And we'll look at that and then later on, not in this chapter, but um, in these next few chapters, we're going to look at what does it mean to be a disciple and how are we to be disciples of Jesus Christ? What does it look like to be one? And then what do we do to make other disciples? So the question underneath there, I hope you know the answer to that. Does the Scripture make a distinction between salvation and discipleship? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then uh, we're probably wasting our time here. And uh, But it definitely does make a distinction between salvation and discipleship. That's why we're looking at this. So the Scripture shows a clear distinction between the message of salvation and discipleship. So let's first think about salvation. And this is something that we should know because we've gone over it um, several times. But salvation is a what? Gift. Gift, exactly right. And when we look at Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. And so by grace we're saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So salvation costs us what? Nothing. Nothing. So what must we do to be saved? Believe in the Son of God. Believe in Jesus for eternal life. Believe in Jesus for eternal life. Exactly right. Where some? What are some verses that tell us that? John three sixteen. John three sixteen. John five twenty four. John five twenty four. What's some other ones? John one ten. 
Keep looking in John. You, right. you just look for this word there. Pop up. John 3.18. John 3.18. So, but there's many verses, and I handed out, you know, that sheet that had 10 verses that we need to know um, that show that proper response to the gospel message. Ephesians 2.8.9, Genesis, or I mean Galatians, or well, Genesis 2, Genesis uh, 15.6, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Um, but Galatians 2.16, um, so all throughout the Bible we see that salvation is a gift that costs us nothing. And how do we receive the gift of eternal life? It's by believing in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the object of our faith. What about discipleship? Discipleship is based on what? Our service. Our service or our works. Exactly right. Our service or our works. And according to Romans 12.2, what are we to do? Or 12.1? Offer our lives as sacrifices. Exactly. Offer our lives as sacrifices. And so we offer our lives as a living sacrifice. That means we die to ourselves. that we're willing to go, like those songs say, wherever He leads, I'll go. That's, that's what discipleship is. And, uh, you know, I'll follow my Christ who loves me so. Wherever He leads, I'll go. That's what discipleship is all about. We're giving up our lives um, to go and, and to follow Christ and, and to do whatever it is that, that He has for us to do. So discipleship, it costs us what? Our lives, exactly right. So what do we do in order to be a disciple? We offer our lives. And so we're going to see, the next we're going to see there's three different distinct messages that Jesus and then Paul and John all make dealing with salvation and then dealing with discipleship. But we just need to understand there is a distinction. I say it like this, that salvation deals with where people will spend eternity. Salvation deals with where people will spend all eternity. But discipleship, on the other hand, deals with how believers will live out eternity. So, how believers will live out all eternity, that's what discipleship's all about. So salvation is where where are people going to live? Because all people are going to exist forever. Some are going to exist forever separated from God, and that's Bible calls that the second death. But for us who have believed in Jesus Christ, we're going to live forever, and we're going to live forever with Jesus Christ. And then for discipleship, discipleship, you first have to be a believer before you can be a disciple. And we're going to see, I've got a handout here that we'll see um, that sometimes people get that backwards. They think in order for you to be a believer, you have to be a disciple. And so you have to be following Christ. You have to be living right in order to, to be saved. 
And so in, in this uh, handout that I have, they say, you know, you get the cart before the horse. And so we're going to see that distinction in everything as we go through here. So salvation de deals with where people will spend all eternity, whereas discipleship deals with how believers will spend all eternity. Are we going to are we going to spend eternity, uh, you know, with a position of responsibility because we've lived good lives here, that we've lived um, as disciples of Christ, that we've given up our lives here to follow Him, or are we going to live live our lives just being there and um, having these duty type works rather than positions of responsibility and leadership? And that's not just for eternity but it begins in the kingdom whenever we're uh, here on this earth and, and we're serving the king while Jesus is seated on his throne here in this earth before um, he does away with it and then creates the new heavens and the new earth where we spend all eternity serving him as well so it does matter how we live but there is a distinction between where and how so salvation Let's look first at Jesus. In John 3.16, I think we all know that verse. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever does what? Believes. Believes in Him will have eternal life. And so that's a salvation verse. It, it's very clear. It's very distinct. Um, and, you know, that's what, what Jesus is dealing with there. He says, all who believe have eternal life. John eleven twenty five. He's talking to uh, Mary, or talking to Martha, and and, um, and talking about Lazarus has has died, and, and Jesus is going. And uh, you know, she said, "Man, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died." And then Jesus talks to her, and Jesus said to her, "I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me." will live even if he dies. And so he will live eternally. Even if he dies physically, he is going to be spiritually alive and he's going to live forever. But he who believes is going to live forever. And then John 5.24 Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has, present tense, eternal life, does not come into judgment, but has already passed from death to life or crossed over from death to life. So again, we see Jesus talking about the message of eternal life. How are we going to have eternal life? It's always believe, believe, believe. Paul, same thing. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. We've already talked about it once even tonight, but we've talked about it many times as we go through here. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Okay? So, have been saved. It's past tense. It's talking about justification. It's talking about eternal life salvation. And we have been saved. How? And it's through faith. So again, His message of salvation is faith. And then Galatians 2.16 where, I mean, He makes it crystal clear in that 
in that verse that it's by faith, it's not by works, it's not by works, it's by faith. Why? Because works can never justify anyone, can never save anyone. And so three times in that verse, he says that it's not by works. And two times, he states that it is by faith that we are justified, declared righteous before God. And then John, his message of salvation. John 1.12, not 1.10 or 1.15, but right there in the middle, 1.12. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in His name. And so we become a child of God by faith, by believing in His name, in the name of Jesus. And that's the purpose of the Gospel of John, so that people will believe that Jesus is a Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing they'll have life in His name. We have eternal life in His name. And that's where we put our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. And so the messages of Jesus, Paul, and John is clearly that salvation is by faith. Are all people children of God? Yes. We become children of God by faith. All people are created by God and they're created in His image, but not all people are children of God. We become children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And that's one of the good verses that shows that. It's John 1.12. We become a child of God by faith. Okay. So, clear message. Faith for salvation. Three different people speaking. Jesus, Paul, and John. What about discipleship? We see the distinctive messages of Jesus, Paul, and John for discipleship. In Mark 8.34, let's just turn to these verses because we haven't really looked at these uh, like we've looked at all those salvation uh, verses whenever we went through all of those. several times as we were looking at the salvation message and how to share that with other people. But Mark 8.34 there. Jesus has been talking about how He's getting ready to go to the cross. Peter takes Him to the side and says, you know, He, he didn't want Him, didn't want that to happen to Him. Um, Jesus gets on to him because God has a plan. That's the reason that Jesus is here is to pay for the sins of all mankind. Um, he's on his way. He's going to the cross. That's that's God's plan. And then in verse 34, he says, And he summoned the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So in order to be a disciple, to be a follower of Christ, um, then there's something that has to be done. What has to be done according to that verse? Deny yourself. Deny yourself and take up your cross. 
the parallel verse to that um, is found in Luke 14.27 and it even states it even clearer. It says, Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And so he's not talking about salvation. He doesn't say whoever does not do these things does not have eternal life. He says whoever does not do these things is not my disciple or is not a follower of me. And so it's a distinctly different message than Jesus gave for salvation. Do you see the distinctive difference? Okay. Paul's message, Romans 12, 1 and 2. We've talked about this a few times. Romans 12, 1 and 2, or Romans 12, 1. Paul says, I urge you, brethren, or it says, I beg of you, brethren. And so he's talking to brethren, brothers, and so brothers are what? Believers. So they're already believers. So he's not telling them how to how to be saved. So what does he tell them? I beg of you, brethren, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. And notice, this isn't some, something that's automatic, something that just happens. Why is he begging you? If, if it's automatic, in order for you to be a believer, you're going to automatically do good works. And why is he begging these believers to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice? Um, if it's going to automatically happen, it doesn't automatically happen. They have to, they have to choose. You have to make a, a choice, a decision. Do you want to, do you want to live for Christ? Do you not want to live for Christ? And going back to that, to that verse um, before there that we were looking at in Mark. I didn't go on with it, but. Uh, he said, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel will save it. And so what he's saying there is, you know, if you're willing to give up your life here and now, you're not worried about the temporary things of this world, then there's going to be something for you that is that is eternal, that you're that you're gaining. And so you know, we give up the temporary, the the things of this world to gain the to gain the eternal. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and to forfeit his soul? For what will man give in exchange for his soul? For what whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous, sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when He comes in the glory of the Father with the holy angels. And so, I mean, there's going to be no rewards for a life that is lived where we're not giving up our lives in service for Christ. And then, turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. So that was Romans 12, 1 and 2 is Paul's message. And then... John's message is in 1 John. Read. Uh, let's see. Let me look here. 1 John chapter 2. Begin reading. Read verses 3 through 6. 
But this we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. And so there uh, it says there anyone who does not keep my commandments is a liar. And so what it's saying there in verse 3, by this we know that we have come to know him. Not that we know him on the like Paul talks about, that we come to know him for eternal life, but that we come to know him and that means that we're we're growing in our fellowship with Him. We're abiding in Him, um, as John talks about in John chapter 15, and that you see all throughout First um, John is this word abide, abide, abide. And so First John is all about fellowship. If you go back to the to the beginning, that's what he states there um, in chapter one. Verse 3 is so that we'll have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And so this book is all about fellowship and He's saying here that we've come to know Him. If you say that you've come to know Him, that you're in fellowship with Him and yet you do not keep His commandments, you then basically you're a liar and the truth is not in you. So you're, you're not walking like Jesus walked. And that's what he goes on to say um, in verse 6 there. Because if, if, we, if we come to know Him, if we're abiding in Him, if we're in fellowship with Him, um, then we'll be living like He lived. And so, again, so what do we have to do? We have to keep His commands. We have to... We have to obey the Word of God in order to be seen as a disciple of Jesus Christ, which is in total total opposite message than what He gave for salvation, which we become children of God simply by faith. So any thoughts or comments about that distinction? Do we understand that distinction? Because this is the biggest thing that happens all the time, is people take these two things and they put them together. Because, I mean, you'll have pastors, if you watch TV and listen to televangelists, or if you listen to the radio and listen to pastors, um, so many times they'll quote Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you're saved through faith, that not yourselves the gift of God. Now, if you're willing to, to give up your life in service for Jesus Christ, I mean, right here and right now, you know, you can, you can offer your life and, uh, and you can know that you're saved. And, uh, and so, that's just a total contradiction right there. I mean, one sentence right after another. I mean, you can read books and people will write something in one sentence and then three sentences later they make a total contradiction because they don't because they mix grace and works together and they they combine them and I think sometimes they don't even understand what it is 
that they're doing and what they're saying. They think that salvation is a gift and the gift is worked for. <laughs> So we understand the difference. Comments, questions? Alright. So the message of discipleship is to deny yourself, take up your cross, offer your life, and obey God's commands. Down there at C it says, we realize that sal- the salvation message is a message of what? Grace by faith. Grace by faith. And the discipleship message is a message of service, denial of self, and taking up your cross. cross. If you want to flip back to the very back of your book, there is a there's an excellent handout um, that's in the back of the back of the book. It says distinction between salvation and discipleship is the is the title of the page. And you can see there on the on the left is salvation, on the right is discipleship. Salvation underneath that is justification. So in justification deals with what type of salvation, what tense do you see in the in the Bible if we're dealing with justification salvation? Past tense. Yeah, you have been saved, like Ephesians 2, 8, 9, where sanctification is discipleship. Sanctification is the Christian life. Sanctification deals with what tense? Present tense. Like Philippians chapter 2, where we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. So we work out what God is working in us. That's sanctification. And then, by grace through faith is salvation where discipleship is by works. And so there's a distinct difference between those two. Salvation is free versus discipleship costs us. I like this next one. Salvation is Christ on the cross where discipleship is the believer taking up their cross. Eternal life with Christ versus rewards from Christ. Salvation is for unbelievers. We don't go preach a message of discipleship to unbelievers. We preach a message of salvation to unbelievers. Preach a message of discipleship for believers. And so that's where a lot of churches get it mixed up or backwards. They think that you do what? You bring people into the church. The pastor gets up every Sunday morning, gives a salvation message 
so that you can bring your friends so that they can get saved. But then what happens in the in the church? What happens to the people, the the believers in the church? They don't grow. They don't grow. Exactly right. And what's the purpose of the church is to make disciples. Well, how do we do that? We equip the believers. So whenever we come on Sunday morning, we teach the believers, we equip the believers so that they can go out and do the ministry, the evangelism and training, so that the body of Christ can be built up. Built up how? The key there is spiritual growth. If you just give a salvation message every every week, then the body as a whole is not growing spiritually like they need to be. And so... Salvation is for unbelievers. Discipleship is for believers. D is only one condition, and that is to believe. But for discipleship, there's many conditions. Take up your cross. Offer your life. Die to self. And so, it's a a great thing to show people because you get that side-by-side view and get to see that distinct difference between um, salvation and discipleship. Alright. So problems. There are three main problems when the message of salvation and discipleship is confused. And we'll just list them here and then we'll talk about them a little bit. A is it affects the message. It affects the message. Whenever you confuse salvation and discipleship, or as I say, many times people fuse them because they fuse them together. It affects the message. B is it affects salvation. And C is it affects assurance. It affects assurance. So first, it affects the message. What is the message that we are to proclaim? Anytime we don't make the distinction between salvation and discipleship, we have a confused gospel. And so it goes back to that whenever we first started talking about this in Galatians chapter 1, where Paul goes to... uh, or is writing back to the church at Galatian, the church is there, and he says in verse 6, he says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting Him who called you by the grace of Christ for another gospel, which is really not another, because it's not good news message. It's not a good news message if you have to take up your cross, offer your lives, um, as a living sacrifice, if you have to die to yourself, I mean, that's not a good news message. That's not something that everybody would want to do. But whenever you hear that salvation is a gift, that what Christ did, He died in your place, He paid for your sins on the cross so that you could have a relationship with God forever simply by faith, that's a good news message. But the message of discipleship is is not such a good news message. 
And so we don't want to mix up the two. We don't want to we don't want to fuse them together. We don't want to confuse them because it affects the message. It makes it not a good news message. And so down there it says, is our message salvation is by grace through faith? It is a gift. Or is our message that we must offer our life, we must take up our cross and follow Jesus? So if somebody gets up and quotes, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and then if you're ready to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, if you're willing to give your life in service for Him today, then, you know, walk down this aisle. So, you know, can you see that confusion that happens? And you're sitting there in your chair and like, well, is it a gift or do I have to give up my life? Number three there says, is salvation a gift given or something to be earned? Is it a gift given or something to be earned? When we confuse salvation and discipleship, we confuse our gospel message. And we don't want to do that because what he goes on to say there in Galatians chapter 1, he says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we've already preached to you, then he is to be accursed. And so we want to be clear on our message because we don't want to be seen as accursed, as an object of destruction. So what that means, to be seen as an object of destruction by God. Because we're basically... If, if we're sitting there and we're confusing people and they don't know, well, do I offer my life as a gift? You know, how, then they're asking themselves, how, how can I be saved? And what's our purpose? To tell people how they can be saved. And so we don't want to confuse them. And we don't want to leave them there uh, separated from God because we didn't make it clear. And so it's important that we have a clear message of salvation. Then B is it affects salvation. It makes it essentially works for salvation. Anytime we add anything other than faith, our message changes from grace to works. And we talked about that earlier. Romans 11.6. Um, I think it was last week or the week before that we looked at Romans 11.6. But if it's by grace, it's no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise... Grace is no longer grace. And the truth is, if there was any other way to get to God other than through His Son, Jesus Christ, then Galatians 2.21 says that Jesus died what? Needlessly. Exactly right. And Christ didn't die needlessly. He died for you and me so that we could have a way of salvation. He made the way of salvation available and open to anyone who would simply believe in Him. We saw it the other the other day with the uh, in our, in our grow groups. You know, whenever Jesus was talking to the to the rich young ruler, and he said, "You know, what must I do 
was his question to Jesus, what must I do? And Jesus said, you want to do something? Then what do you got to do? What did He tell him? Keep the law. Keep the law? How much of the law? All of it. All of it. Perfectly. You have to keep it perfectly. What did the, what did the rich young ruler say? I've been doing that. I've done it all. And so Jesus says, well, just sell everything that you got and come follow Me. But what did He do? Love those, love those possessions more than He loved who? Jesus. So has He kept the law? No. Because what is the law? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's the greatest and foremost commandment that Jesus said. And He loved His stuff more than He loved Christ. And so Jesus proved Him wrong and showed him that he needed a Savior. James 2.10, if we stumble in one point, we're what? We're guilty of it all. And so, salvation is not by works. It's not by keeping the law. It's not by being good. It's by faith. And then see there, it affects assurance of salvation. How do we know when we've done enough works? If salvation is based on our faithfulness, then we can never have assurance. If it's based on my faithfulness, I know I don't have salvation. Because I know how I live my life. The things... I don't want to do, I do. Just like Paul said. There's a story of the man, he comes to the to the pearly gates, and Saint Peter's there and he he's he asks the man, he's like, Why should I let you in? And the, the guy says, Well, you know, I, I've been a I've been a great man and uh you know, I helped the elderly couple that I live by. I mowed their yard for the last 22 years. And uh, mm-hmm. old St. Peter says, well, that's great. That, that's worth a point. What else did you do? Well, I was a Sunday school teacher for another uh, 30 years of my life. He said, man, that's good. That's worth three points. And then he is like, what else did you do? Well, you know, I, I taught uh, a group of people one time and... Uh, and there were 15 people that were saved that night. He said, man, that is excellent. That's worth five points. He's like, how, lot, how many points does it take to get in here? Well, it only takes a thousand. He said, well, only by the grace of God could that ever happen. He said, the grace of God come right in. Because it's by grace that we get to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And it's by grace that we're saved through faith. We can't get there based on our good works, our merit. Um, It's only by faith that we can come to have eternal life. Salvation is a gift and discipleship. Salvation is a gift and discipleship are based on our service. We get the gift of salvation by faith and our disciples as we live for Christ. 
So summary down there. Salvation is by grace through faith. Salvation is by grace through faith. And discipleship is based on our works. Salvation is by grace through faith. Discipleship is based on our works. Number two, Jesus, Paul, and John's. Jesus, Paul, and John's message of salvation was different than their message of discipleship. Jesus, Paul, and John's message of salvation was different than their message of discipleship. Number three. Then number three, if we confuse salvation and discipleship, we affect the message, make salvation by works, and remove assurance of salvation.